0: Do you spend hours in your head thinking about something that happened, could have happened, or might happen? Do you ask others what to do so you don't make a mistake? Welcome to the Playing It Safe podcast. I am Dr. Z, your host. I am a clinical psychologist, an author, and a person that is super passionate about sharing with you science-based skills to overcome any type of fear-based struggles. Who doesn't experience fear? Who doesn't play it safe? In this show, we will discuss how fear-based reactions happen in day-to-day life, how plainly safe behaviors look like, sound like, and feel like, how you can put into action solid tips from behavioral science to get unstuck from worries, fears, obsessions, and anxieties, and how you can start doing what works, what matters, and what you care about. Behavioral science doesn't have to be boring. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Z with another episode of the Planet Safe podcast. In this episode, I am super excited to share with you a conversation I had with Chris Martin. Chris Martin is a content producer and creativity coach who helps people unleash their creative fire by transforming ideas into tangible reality. In my opinion, Chris creates an engaging and meaningful experience, asks deep questions, and is a source of ongoing support and encouragement to everyone he meets and everyone that collaborates with him. Last year, when I decided to start the podcast, I had a chance to consult with Chris, and since the moment I met Until now, he has been nothing but an extraordinary, supportive person in the work I do. If you are interested in stories and inspiration designed to spark your creativity and curiosity, I will highly, highly recommend The Curiosity Lab, a weekly newsletter from Chris. And if you are interested in starting a long-term creative project or you're looking for some creative coaching, I will invite you to take a look at Curiosity Builders, which is a community organized by Chris for creators, dreamers, storytellers and do-gooders to connect, learn, grow and share. You can go to the website www.chrismartinstudios.com Again, you can go to the website www.chrismartinstudios.com and I'm going to spell it. It's C H R I S M A R T I N studios.com. In this conversation, Chris and I talk about how you can cultivate curiosity how you can handle overwhelming emotions that come when you are participating in a creative project, how you can handle personal narratives about not being good enough or being an imposter. You will hear Chris takes and might take based on acceptance and commitment skills. On another note, I want to let you know that Act Beyond OCD a live cohort online class for anyone struggling with OCD based on acceptance and commitment therapy is around the corner. So please make sure to go to the website www.actbeyondocd.com. Again, the website is www.actbeyondocd.com and enter your name in the waitlist. list. Act Beyond OCD includes 8 weeks and 16 hours of live coaching with 2 sessions a week in which you learn, you practice and you ask questions about key ACT skills and exposure skills to tackle OCD. So whether you have been recently diagnosed or you are participating in therapy or you need a refresher, I will highly encourage you to take a look at Act Beyond OCD. I hope this conversation is helpful and I welcome any reactions or responses. Feel free to send me an email. You can always go to the website www.thisisdoctorz.com Enjoy this episode and see you next week. Bye-bye. Chris, thank you so much for joining me today chat chatting the Planet Safe podcast.
1: Yes, thank you for having me.
0: It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's such a treat to have a time to connect, to catch up, to hear about all the things you have been doing. But because this is the first time that we are having this conversation live um, on the podcast, would you mind sharing with the audience what you're doing these days?
1: Sure. I'm Chris Martin. I'm from Vancouver, Washington, which is just north of Portland, Oregon, on the west coast of the United States. And I call myself a curiosity builder and creative instigator, which means that I like to help creative people and people in general get their creative ideas out of their heads and into the world.
0: I love that introduction because that's really how I see you. I think that since I met you, you're really walking curiosity, always open to different experiences to just learn from people. It's a beautiful introduction. I love it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Thank you. I just came up with it over the weekend.
0: It works perfect. I love it. (laughs) I love it. So we were chatting before about different ways in which in life we play it safe. And I remember a couple of weeks ago that you sent me this text and said, Patricia, I realized I have been playing it safe. Mm -hmm. And that was, I think, a sweet moment because many times we wake up we do all the things that we have to do the things that we're supposed to do but we don't stop to pause and check how we're living Mm -hmm. and how we are showing up to life and if we're showing up as the people we want to be Mm -hmm. so i think many times when we play it safe we um, either postpone things we avoid we hold on to stories about ourselves We focus on terrible scenarios in the future. There are so many ways we play it safe and we keep ourselves stuck. Mm -hmm. Given that context, when you text me that time and based on what you have noticed in the last couple of weeks, perhaps, how do you think you have been playing it safe?
1: I mean, how many ways can I state <laughs> that I've been playing. It safe.
0: It's up to you. It's up to you.
1: I mean, when you, when you list out all of the things and ways that you play it safe, I mean, sometimes that feels like the creative life mm-hmm. is that, you know, we're so in touch with uh, you know, who we are as people and the, the things that we care about that it can feel ve- very vulnerable and unsafe to share those things with the world. And as someone who produces a weekly podcast, you know, Mm -hmm. on one hand, I feel like, well, I'm not playing it safe because I'm putting myself out there all the time. Mm
0: -hmm. But then
1: there's these moments in life that just pop up that reveal how I'm playing it safe. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the most recent example that I can give is I was recently on this call. It was a virtual summer camp and we were talking about collaboration and when i look at my journey of you know working for other people working for myself the story that i constantly said was i am not a good collaborator i don't collaborate i am not a team player and yet when i look at where i am at today and i look at the relationships that i've built you know with people like yourself and with my friend who put on the virtual summer camp mm-hmm. the the actual story was i'm a very collaborative person and I love collaboration. And so there was this contradiction and te- tension between the old collaborative Chris and the new collaborative yeah. Chris. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting how the mind many times comes up with all these old narratives, mm-hmm. even though the experience is very different, <laughs> right? Yeah, even absolutely. though yeah, I met you collaborating in your podcast. Mm-hmm. And in my experience, I have seen you collaborating with so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you handle that moment? There you are in this virtual boot camp and the mind is going now with Chris, you're a bad collaborator.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How did you manage that moment?
1: Well, it was really interesting because, you know, it was a breakout Zoom room between me and several other people, and I was leading the conversation. And as they're talking and having all these moments, you know, I'm having the internal conversation in my own head about myself Mm
0: -hmm. while
1: trying to stay focused on, you know, the people that I'm there to serve. And it was when we were having the kind of full group experience after the breakout sessions to where we're all kind of sharing what we learned. I just, it hit me in that aha moment. And I decided to share it in text in the channel saying, mm-hmm. wow, this just came up for me. And so it was feeling safe in a place where I could be vulnerable.
0: And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, when you put that out there, when you share these thoughts that your mind was coming up with about not being a good collaborator, mm-hmm. how was that process? Because it can be very It's scary many times to share the stories about who we are. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, it was because I was in a place where I was with people who wanted to reveal these things in themselves, that wanted Mm -hmm. to work through the mindset challenges and the mindset struggles that we have you know, for me, it was just kind of, I was open to whatever was going to come up. So it's kind of (laughs) like the best example that I can give is, is, you know, like when you're meditating and, you know, they tell you to be open to whatever you may experience in many ways, that learning process for me was the same. It was like just being open with whatever was going to come up positive or negative and be willing to like bring them forward and share them.
0: Mhm That's a beautiful way of capitalizing how many times when we make these vulnerable moves and we put the story out there without any attachment, mm-hmm. without attachment to how it's supposed to feel or how people are supposed to respond to us. There is something, I think, uh, very transformative that happens when we sit with experience. Mm -hmm. How was that experience for you there? How people respond? How was for you to maybe witness what others perceive or how they reacted?
1: Yeah, because it was interesting. When I was in the breakout room before I had the epiphany, a couple of the people were just like, that's not been my experience of you.
0: Mm hmm. mm -hmm. And
1: so it was almost because of the reflection of others and that mirroring back of of what I was saying and that mirroring back allowed me to kind of be like, hmm, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think when 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 I can say something like that, maybe I'm wrong or how am I wrong? How (laughs) how can I look at this in a different way? Because. You know, I've had this happen several times in the past few weeks and months where I have to challenge something that I know and be like, maybe I'm wrong about this, or mm-hmm. how am I wrong about this? And it, it allows me the possibility to experience where those hidden stories of playing it safe are.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can I ask a little bit more about this? What will have happened? If you didn't have anyone's responses, if there wasn't anyone to say, Chris, that's not my experience, how would that shift for you?
1: I think it would have just taken a really long time to get there. I mean, I'm a very self-aware person, but at the same time, I mean, something like, you know, these hidden stories can stay hidden for a very long time if you don't have that experience of other people to say, really? That's, that's not what I've experienced of you. And so being able to share with another person just accelerates that ability to see something that you can't see on your own.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Within acceptance and commitment training or acceptance and commitment therapy, one of the processes that we teach people and we try to live by is holding our mind lively when it comes with all types of stories, reason-giving thoughts, worries about the past, worries about the future. Because I think you're right. We have been socialized in the way that we're supposed to take our mind seriously. And if it's counterintuitive, not to hold that story as the absolute truth, Mm -hmm. that's the challenge, right? That if we hold the story as the absolute truth, then we hide. Mm -hmm. Then we hide and we don't do the things that are important to us. I know I travel life with a collection of fears and a collection of stories about not being good enough, not being smart enough, not being competent enough. And sometimes they get louder than other
1: times. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: That's human, right? That's what the human mind does. Mm -hmm. And yet we still can make a choice about how to respond to them. What are you doing differently when these stories are emerging?
1: I think the best thing that I've learned and I'm still learning how to do is to separate thought and emotion, Mm. story and emotion. Even a month ago, if something happened, there would be an instant emotion attributed to that story. So Mm -hmm. like if a client didn't pay on time, I I would tell this negative story of just like, well, it's because they didn't see the value in you. Therefore Mm. they delayed or how could you be so stupid to put yourself in that position again mm-hmm. whereas now you know learning how to say this just happened what is the story around what happened and and what is the emotion that you're feeling and what is the emotion i want to feel mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it, it's almost almost like a checklist in an airplane when you're when you yeah. want to take off it's like i'm building this checklist of I don't want to feel this way, but I'm feeling this way and I want to feel this way.
0: Yeah. How will that look like if I bump into you and I'm next to you and I see you going through this process, how will that look like in a practical (laughs) level?
1: Well, in a practical level, I think it's stored in my head. So being Uh trying to be aware of just like, if this, then that. Yes. And so being very aware of when, a, when a situation occurs or an event happens, mm-hmm. if you might see my face, because you, you I, I can't hide my emotions very well. So you might register a, a shift in my facial expression. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, that's kind of where it starts. But mm-hmm. then I need a minute or two to kind of process and think through it and mm-hmm. allow myself to feel that whatever I'm going to feel when when that story pops up or that situation occurs. Mm -hmm. And then once I feel that emotion, I think then I can be like, do I want to keep feeling this way?
0: Yeah, there is something powerful about noticing what we're feeling without trying to suppress or getting rid of that emotion, but choosing how to respond to it. Ideally, we check whether it works for us to engage in the emotion or not. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the times, I think there is so much wisdom and insights that comes with emotions, but also there is a lot of emotional noise.
1: Right. Yeah. I love the phrase emotional noise because, you know, <laughs> too much too much excitement can just distract you from the rest of your day, you know? And 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 so it's like, <laughs> the, the best thing that I can think of is like, Sometimes I feel like when people say they can't focus or they've labeled themselves as having ADHD and they're not diagnosed by someone else, it's like, maybe you're just really excited about something that happened today. You know, maybe it's not what you think it is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That is true. I think what I love of this is that there is no good or bad emotions, right? That experiences we have. And, you know, excitement or too much joy sometimes can get us into troubles too. Mm -hmm. But it's about looking at what works and doing what's effective in that moment. Yes. Can I ask a little bit more? Um, I know that you have been creating all types of things. Mm -hmm. You have been creating audio classes, you have your podcasts. Mm -hmm. Do you mind chatting a little bit about this shift you're making in terms of creating community?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's very much connected to the idea of collaboration that I'm, you know, it was this past story of I'm not collaborator. You know, another story is like, I'm not really, I'm not a community builder. You know, I, I just, I've always thought of myself as this isolated lone person. And yet at the same time, you know, with my podcast, Getting Work to Work, there is a community forming around that. With my newsletter, The Curiosity Lab, there's, you know, a subset of the community around Getting Work to Work there. And so it's being able to see a different story again of what is the community that I'm actually building? I am a community builder,
0: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm it's interesting because my mind is going to this surprise mode oh my goodness that sassy mind (laughs) my experience of you is so different you have been creating communities in so many ways in so many ways
1: well and I think it comes back to this theme that we're kind of dancing around a little bit is you know what we label one thing, there's many ways to do it. So it's like, I think the past story was community equals, you know, like a person of authority having all of these followers, Mm -hmm. whereas, you know, community can be, you know, putting out a podcast and having 20 or 40 listeners every week who are listening to it. And so, you know, or having an email conversation with someone, I mean, that's a form of community.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes what happens is that when we duplicate about things, we hold on to a value and mm. we equal that value with one particular activity as mm. if it's the only way we can live the value. Yes. Uh, for example, if my value is disseminating active skills, acceptance and commitment skills, it's possible that sometimes I get hooked on the idea that I can do it only through writing, and that's it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a really good point, too. I like that distinction between there's only one way, like I write, and that's the only way, as opposed to having that open mind to all of the possibilities and ways to spread that knowledge.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's different. I know since I met you, you have been cultivating a curious approach Mm -hmm. to your relationships, to your conversations, to what you do. If a person wants to develop more curious habits, what would you encourage them to do?
1: I think first and foremost, curiosity starts with yourself. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that I meet don't think that they're interesting, that they are ashamed of the things that they're interested in that they don't think that they have anything to say. And so mm-hmm. curiosity really starts with, well, what what are you interested in? What are you passionate about? What gets you out of bed in the morning? You know, what do you nerd out on? And from there, you can be like curious about other people. Well, how can you draw out someone else's interests, How can you get excited about what other people are passionate about? How can you nerd out on someone else's obsessions? And then from there, you start having this relationship between two curious people that then creates a third type of curiosity of that curiosity among people or between people.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love what you're saying that it's about opening our eyes and Mm -hmm. leaning into what we're doing what moves us what speaks to us now you also share that in your experience sometimes people have these stories i am not interesting enough Mm -hmm. i don't know too much Mm -hmm. i am too boring if they are listening to this conversation what would be your tip for them Mm
1: -hmm. well ask someone Mm -hmm. and and say you know what's interesting about me Mhm. And sometimes you need that other person to reflect that back to you. Sure. And yet at the same time, if I'm talking with someone, I immediately want to prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. And be like, "Well, Patricia, what was the last book that you read that wasn't related to work?" And then when you if you told me what it was, then be like, "Well, how did that make you feel?" Mhm. So, I would search for that emotion, search for that passion, search for that well, I actually hated that book Any anytime you go beyond this kind of blah or you know mediocre feeling or like kind of like baseline feeling, yeah. any positive or negative emotion you can get curious about, yeah, I mean yeah, you yeah, can get yeah. curious about anything if you really put that you know lens on your eye, you yeah, know?
0: yeah, I think there is so much more that happens. In a micro moment, beyond the words that were saying outside. And what if there is nobody to ask? What do we tell people if they have one of these stories? I am not interesting enough. I am a little bit on the boring side of things, and they mm-hmm. cannot gather experience from other people.
1: I find it really, really, really hard to believe that that no one is curious, because I really do think people are curious about. At least one thing in their life. Maybe they're curious about what they're going to have for dinner. Maybe they're curious about, you know, (laughs) this type of yogurt versus another type of yogurt. Maybe they're curious about water bottle types. Maybe they're curious about the difference between cultivating live plants versus, you know, plastic plants people are curious about something. So like, look what in the room around you, like what is the art on your wall? Why did you choose the color of your room? Why do you buy this product over another product? Why did you go see that movie? So if you just start asking yourself open-ended questions, (laughs) and be like, you know, what do I love about my life? Mm -hmm. What do I hate about my life? Mm Mm-hmm. And so, you know, getting into the habit of asking those questions, but then answering them.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there is something powerful about acknowledging that we are curious beings. Mm -hmm. We're not just living beings, we're curious beings. So I think your questions are right on target. And I think perhaps a clarification here is that those stories that we have, I am not interesting enough. Mm -hmm. I don't know too much. Mm -hmm. I am too boring. They don't go away. They pop up because our brain doesn't work by subtraction, but by addition. (laughs) But when we learn to respond to them differently, we don't have to play it safe. Mm. They don't have to hinder what we do. What do you think of that?
1: Stories are really interesting. Just like you're saying that they'll, that they find a way to come back. Mm -hmm. And... I think what I'm curious about is how to use those stories that were once negative to be positive. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I was telling this old story about I'm not a collaborative person. Mm -hmm. Well, what was true about that story? Mm -hmm. And then be like, well, how can I actually use what I perceive to be a story in the future when something similar pops up that triggers that old story? Mm Because it's going to pop up. It's going to happen, just like you're saying. Mm -hmm. So what am I going to do with that?
0: Yeah, yeah. My opinion is biased because it's based on acceptance and commitment training. It's tricky to argue back with the stories because Mm -hmm. then it's on a slippery road to get trapped into this back and forth in the mind. Mm -hmm. When trying to prove the story wrong, trying to find evidence against, sometimes that works in the moment, right? And we have a new narrative emerging quickly. But I think one of the things that will be helpful to consider is that as human beings, we are going to have all types of yucky stories about who we are. It's part of our human existence. That's what a human mind does. Whether we are 30, 40, 50, 60, the mind will have these narratives. What is key here, I think, so is to really choose how to respond to them. Mm-hmm. In acceptance and commitment training, it's about making room for that story that says we're not good enough, holding it, seeing how it looks, maybe giving it a name, mm-hmm. and yet choosing how you want to respond to it. Mm-hmm. The brain is a content generating machine. The brain will come blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 right? <laughs> so the other option here, which could be powerful, is making room for it, mm-hmm. give it a name and then choosing how to respond to it. Yeah. So on that note, if you have to name your story, the one that says, I am not a good collaborator, how will you name that story just for curiosity?
1: I would probably just call it limited, Chris.
0: Okay. okay.
1: Whereas, you know, I, I think for the last probably 15 years, I just had a different mindset around who I was and what I was doing. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until the last year or so where, you know, my idea of what was possible just opened up. So in many ways, it's the difference between limited and unlimited, Chris.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I love that name. I think sometimes we can even be silly with our minds. I know sometimes when my mind gets ballistic and gets into this tough mode, criticizing, I usually tell my mind, my goodness, you got sassy right now. Oh my <laughs> goodness, you got a sassy mind. So I think it makes a difference to catch those stories and give them a name and then choosing how to respond to them. What do you notice now that you are responding differently to this story, to the story that says that you are not a collaborative person, Mm -hmm. this limited crisis story? Mm -hmm. Now that you're responding to it in a different way, what do you notice with that?
1: There's a different feeling. So that when I think about limited, it's definitely... A scarce feeling. It, it's mm-hmm. the feeling of there's not enough, whether it's time, money, resources, connections, friends, family. Whereas now it's just like there's a lot more abundance. There's a lot mm-hmm. more possibilities. There's a feeling of I've got all the time in the world, um, even though I don't, but it but it feels <laughs> like I do. And and so I think there's that desire to just be living in that possibility as opposed to seeing only one way forward or two ways forward.
0: Wow. That sounds pretty empowering. As you are building this community, will mm-hmm. you say that how you're relating to the stories also is affecting what you're doing in terms of your creative work? It,
1: it is interesting because before I had this shift about collaboration, mm-hmm. when I was, really wanting to build this community called Curiosity Builders. The thing the first thing that I was really looking at it as was, well, that's what I'm gonna call my courses. Like I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna develop these courses for people and it's called Curiosity Builders. And as it progressed, I'm like, well, then I'll just kind of sprinkle a little community on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as kind of this idea of just like the main thing is my my teaching, but the community is that is the bonus. Mm-hmm. And the shift that I made was completely 180, whereas the main thing is actually community. And the bonus is courses and coaching, masterminds, group group uh, sessions, things like that. Mm-hmm. So by making that shift to being community first, it was more of like, it went literally from that limited view to unlimited view.
0: Yeah, which is a powerful and challenging shift to make. Many times, if we look within, we know what's the direction that we need to take, whether that's in a career change, living a relationship, moving on to a new neighborhood, moving into a new country. But it can be really scary and overwhelming. Yes. And then we keep doing the same thing. We're really <laughs> in our comfort zone. So how was for you to make that decision here you are visualizing something, and then you realize, no, I'm going to make this one hundred degree shift.
1: I'm in the middle of the shift, mm-hmm. but I like the feeling. It's a different feeling, so I do like that feeling. Mm-hmm. But i I had started this idea of developing these courses, and i've I've written, I think, yeah. three or four courses. Yeah, and I let voices kind of get into my head voices of other people, my own voices of insecurity. And so the the doubt couldn't rise up to the same level and counteract that desire to like put something out into the world. Mm-hmm. But now I think with this desire to build community with the people that I have around me, who are already saying, yes, I want to be a part of that, Mm -hmm. that is enough to get past the doubt. At least I'm hoping it is. That's the story that I'm choosing to tell myself is that that is enough to because it's uh, impacting other people, not just myself.
0: I found it fascinating that many times when we have experiential knowledge by taking action, that Mm -hmm. can be very, very strong. Then listening to the mind. What would you say are the key elements to keep in mind when dealing with all these stories?
1: I think the best thing that any creative person, any person can do is find something that you can repeat and iterate on every Mm -hmm. day, every week, every month, something that allows you to build skills. So for me, the transformational thing was podcasting, Mm -hmm. being able to do a monologue every week, doing an interview every week what it allowed me to do was to well i i have the pressure and the responsibility of producing that and mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter how loud the the stories get i have to do it mm-hmm. and if that means that i'm publishing at 11:59 p.m. on the day so be it but still it's mm-hmm. it's that idea but you know whether that's i'm in a sketch for 10 minutes a day every day no matter what i mm-hmm. think the key is doing something at any frequency no matter what, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. without that, I think the stories will win.
0: Wow. wow. I am smiling when you say that because I remember that I met you at a time in which I was trying to develop the podcast mm-hmm. and you were super kind with me, supporting me with all the technical problems that clearly I still have.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> all good.
0: <laughs> but I love what you're saying because I remember that You did encourage me to do the same. And I have to say that it's a very, very powerful advice. And to me, it made a difference to have someone like you, a kind person that supports what I do. Mm -hmm. And that was always there. So I encourage people also to find that one person that can give us a hand and has our back. I think... Putting ourselves out there with our vulnerabilities and finding the person that can hold them when we are creating something new Mm -hmm. makes a huge difference.
1: 100%.
0: I want to say thank you so much for all the support. And it really warms my heart to hear what you say because I relate to it. Find one thing, Mm -hmm. find your rhythm and make it happen. I love it.
1: And I, I really appreciate your addition to it as well as making sure that you have those people that can support you and allow you to be vulnerable. Because I think that's where the growth really does happen. But again, it's, a, it's an equation. Without all of these different variables, it won't happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I have to say it's true. I think many times another way in which we play it safe is by pretending that we know what we're doing. By saying the right things. Uh, but reality is that I know, at least for me, I travel with a collection of doubts and fears and worries. And what a beautiful thing to find people who can hold them and see us and appreciate who we are with all that
1: noise. Yeah. I mean, the whole notion of fake it till you make it is is prevalent. And also, I think, sometimes damaging. And so it's like... Being honest with yourself where you're at is sometimes more powerful than just pretending that you're somewhere further along than you actually are, because then you're open to growth and change as opposed to maybe getting defensive or being like, well, this is what I'm doing. How dare you not like it? As opposed to thank you for your advice or thank you for your, you know, your comment." Yeah, you know, I'll consider that. Thank you. And so it's, yeah. just, it's just a little shift from being aware of where you're at, as opposed to pretending that you're the greatest thing since sliced bread.
0: I was thinking that many times that's another way in which we protect ourselves. I have to say that I think it takes a lot of humbleness to be open to people's feedback mm-hmm. and to really hold it. Because we can quickly dismiss it and say, yeah, how dare you? But I think so much growth happens when we can pause and listen to others and then listen to ourselves and act from that place.
1: And I would say feedback is the one area that I've really had to grow into. And the best thing, I have to be open to feedback, yes, mm-hmm. but I also have to recognize there's a time and a place for the right feedback from the right person. Yeah. And so even when I'm giving feedback now, I'll just ask, are you in a place to receive? Yeah. And then that means that I have to be willing to be asked that as well. Am I in a place to receive?
0: I think we'll be tough if we are walking live randomly giving feedback, right?
1: That's called uh, social media.
0: <laughs> that's true. That is true, my gosh. I get so cranky with so much pop psychology and social media. I suffer, right? <laughs> <I suffer. laughs> Chris, I have a last question because time goes so fast. (laughs) It does. Um, If you were to have a cup of coffee or tea or a beer with any person you want today, who would that be and why?
1: Well, apart from you, I would add to that list, you know, there's there's a, a healthy list of film directors and musicians that I would love to interact with. Terry Gilliam is uh, an amazing film director who did Time Bandits. He was the animator for Monty Python. He just has a way of looking at life through the lens of the camera that brings joy. And he's got an insatiable giggle. Mm-hmm. And I just really appreciate that. And then my favorite musician, his name's Neil Morse. I think it would be amazing to have coffee with him. He's he's out of Nashville. And uh, yeah, I think th- those are the two people that I would say.
0: I didn't know about Terry Gillians. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs>
1: his his films are pretty wacky and weird, so.
0: Okay, thank you. I will still check it out. It's nice to expose ourselves to the new. So great to have a chance to chat with you and I will post on the website all the links for people to find you.
1: Perfect. Thank you, Patricia. It's been an honor.
0: Thank you so much, Chris. It has been such a treat. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, I will very much appreciate it if you will subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. And if you're feeling extra generous, I welcome a review on Apple Podcasts. Show notes of this episode are in the website zone. Make sure to subscribe to my newsletter so you can receive more tips to stop all types of unworkable playing it safe actions. See you soon!